A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Peak Vanell, and today I'm joined, as always, by my intangible co host, Tempest the Wrestler. Yeah, I'm Tempest the Wrestler. I'm tired. That's crap. <laughs> it's good. It started off when you first joined these podcasts and you started doing them with me. You're like, I'm Tempest. And then the next because I am Tempest. And just great. Just got, yeah, I'm Tempest. Get on yeah, I'm Tempest. It's Come a, on. It's a bit. Let's move on. Why does Scott Pilgrim <laughs> have to be my favorite movie? <laughs> um, how you doing? Other than being tired. Oh, you know, it's another it's another day. It's another week. There really isn't a whole lot of note to talk about. We're in that lull here in Ontario where it's still pandemic, but mm-hmm. we're we're getting closer. I think yep. most people most people now in in the province have had their first jab, which is it's good. good. Uh, I think they're they're reopening like patios on Friday, which I probably okay. still won't partake in. Mm-hmm. But we're heading in the right direction. But I'm just like, let's get there. Come on. I've, I've yeah. been through this for 15 months. I'm ready to live again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm getting my first jab tomorrow. So that's good Yay. news. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, tomorrow afternoon, uh, which is great. So I'm, I'm quite excited for that. Uh, we've got a bunch of emails to get through. Um, so let's uh, do them later um but for now let's get into talking about nxt because it's takeover in your house this sunday uh, which means this episode was the go home show (laughs) not that you know it by watching it um but it was in fact the go home show uh so let's talk about who's gonna walk out as nxt champion this sunday So the first thing we're going to be talking about is this uh, Fatal 5-Way that's coming up uh, this Sunday for the NXT Championship. Karrion Cross defending uh, his NXT Championship uh, against Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, 
and uh, Kyle O'Reilly uh, in this Fatal Five way. And on this show, they had the one segment. Well, they kind of had a couple segments peppered in the show that weren't really proper segments. Uh, and then we had the final big kind of go home angle for the show, uh, which was Karrion Cross going out to the ring. William Regal just having enough of uh, his show just going completely to pieces, which makes sense because it has gone completely to pieces in the last few weeks of him just not having any control about anything that happens, which is kind of wild. Um, but carrying Cross being like saying that William Regal doesn't run anything. I was like, I mean, he does, but sure. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, and he, he just says that he, um, he's not going to leave the ring until he gets all four of them out here so they can all talk or whatever um but then uh they all start coming out one by one kyle o'reilly comes out and just this is genuinely one of my favorite things uh i'm I'm gonna get it ready here was uh i went on to the uh the squared circle uh reddit earlier just to see what people thought of the uh of the show as a whole um and people generally seem to quite like the show uh, one of my favorite things I saw about this uh, ending promo was each of these people came out and just cut a promo basically on cross. Like they, they might have, you know, mentioned the other people involved in the match, but the primary brunt of all the promos was carrying cross. Um, genuinely one of my favorite things. Uh, uh, no, did I not save it? I almost just put a swear up on the, uh, on the screen here, <laughs> but I didn't. So I'm going to have to go grab the other one I made with uh, that senses the the swear. There it is. Okay. Um, one of my favorite comments I saw on uh, on the Squared Circle Reddit was this one right here. The, this is apparently the direction that everyone got was just call cross a piece of S without saying that exactly. <laughs> uh, must have been their direction because that was the brunt of everyone's promise. Be like cross, you know, you're just a bit crap, aren't you? God, you've been champion, but you're just a bit rubbish. Uh, was basically the, the the content of everyone's promo, which I thought was very funny. Um, but then, yeah, they 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 all just kind of run each other down, uh, and they all get into a big brawl at the end of it. Adam Cole, who had done his little promo on the Tron, not actually come out, comes out at the very end after carrying across the standing tall. He comes out at the very end, uh, does a couple super kicks and a last shot, holds the title tall uh, to stand tall to end the show. So, as a go home ending angle, I thought it was fine. You know, it got them all being physical, all five of them together. They all said their piece about the, the match. It was all right. Got no got no big complaints about that as as an ending go home angle. Um, did it make me more excited for the show for the match on Sunday? Not really. I was already a little bit excited. This isn't really add to it necessarily, but it was all right. Uh the interesting thing to me, though, is that I genuinely don't know who's going to win. Because before the last couple of weeks, I definitely would have said Karrion Cross is retaining. Now, genuinely, through the content of the promos of Adam Cole just being like, hey, you're just a bad champion. Like, everyone in NXT knows that you're a bad champion and you put on bad matches and you suck. And like everyone here just using Cross as their verbal punching bag through the whole segment. Maybe NXT does think that he's a bad champion now. Maybe they're just saying, like, mm, he's kind of had his time now, hasn't he? And it's not really working, so maybe we should change it up. So maybe someone else does win. I don't know who. I don't think it's going to be Adam Cole. I don't know who, though. Maybe they could just pull the trigger on Pete Dunne out of nowhere. You know? <laughs> I I genuinely don't know. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited because, because I don't know. I still think Cross is my favorite to win, but I don't know so. 
What did you think of this? I think that Karrion Cross is going to retain. I think if they're going to go in any particular direction with the NXT title, it will probably be that he retains here and then faces Kyle O'Reilly in a singles match, possibly at a takeover somewhere around SummerSlam time. Again, that's all speculation, but hey, I've been right a lot lately. Hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, like have... I thought that, yeah, I I think this segment was just kind of like it was fine. It was a solid fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't make me super excited to see the match, and I'm really only excited to see the match because I think it'll be a good match. Yeah, you know, that's like that's half. That's half of the uh, the excitement factor when I'm trying to gauge how I feel about a match. Is am I looking forward to the match itself? And then do I really have like an emotional connection to whoever's going to win? I don't really feel that right now. Like obviously, I like certain wrestlers more than others in that are involved in the match. But as far as this match goes right now, I'm just like, yeah, I think Karen Cross is probably going to win. If he doesn't, it'll be a surprise to me anyway. But even if Kyle O'Reilly won right here, I'd be like, oh, wow. I, I didn't I didn't expect that. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, Kyle O'Reilly's NXT champion. Let's go. You know, like yeah. I was when, when Johnny Gargano won the title and then when Adam mm-hmm. Cole won the title, we're out just like, let's go. Ah, I'm not feeling that way about NXT right now. And it's a shame because we've really praised NXT over the last, like, two months since we've started doing these reviews. And I think it's been a very good show. But I do think that the buildup to this takeover has been very lacking, you know? They've somehow managed to find a way to have really good shows while also not having a very good build, in my opinion. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like they've had really good builds for their week-to-week shows, but they've not had, like anywhere near as much focus on the actual takeover itself like we've been praising them so much saying like here's a match that's going to happen next week here's a match that's going to happen two weeks in advance there's constant title matches on all the shows but pretty much every belt that gets defended on that show like every week there's a new title match coming down and they've done a really good job of just progressing the weekly show making it feel important all the time but when you're building to a takeover that's got to be your primary focus not the week-to-week show and this doesn't really feel like it's been the focus of anything. This feels very rushed. One of the matches on the show is Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. Where's that come from? That's literally yeah. a week and a half of build that they've got. I'm I'm counting, you know, the half was the, the last week's show where she or or the week before, whenever it was, when she got the, the mark on her hand. And then last week she said, I'm gonna run through your takeover. And then here they had a little physical thing, and that's it. That's the whole bit for a takeover match. That feels yeah. incredibly lackluster. Um, I'll tell you what I think this feels like is it feels because I agree. I think they did a very good job of like making each show over the last couple months feel really important with the various title matches and big stipulation matches. I think that's very well and good. It feels like there should be two more weeks to go before the mm. next takeover. Like yes. it feels like. Yes, or last week, we got the big, like, setup week where they announced a bunch of matches, and we got the the direction for where we're going to go, and then this week was the follow-up, and it feels like we got two more weeks to build interest for TakeOver, but TakeOver's this Sunday, you Mm. know, and I don't know, it feels weird, like, it feels like they're just kind of having a TakeOver right now for the hell of it, you know? Yeah, a little bit. I like to think that you don't need a takeover just every two and a half months, unless 
it really calls for it. And I don't think it really calls for it right now. Like if this was pushed back another couple weeks, I think they could have benefited from it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's almost to their own detriment, though, because they knew this was coming. You would have thought they'd have like planned a little bit ahead because NXT is quite good yeah. at planning in advance and not doing, you know, last minute changes like the main roster does all the time. So you would have thought they'd have had a plan in place to make sure that all the stories felt properly built to the show. But for whatever reason, it's just been very, yeah, like very um, rushed this time around, which is very strange because they've had so much time since the last takeover, since Stand and Deliver. There was, you know, pre-mania. They've had, you know, two months since then. It feels like tons of time to to build yeah. stories and that, but they've just not they've just not done it. Having said yeah. that, having said that, I do think there's going to be some really good matches on this show. I might not be as emotionally invested in everything as I should be, but some of these matches are probably going to be very good. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more in a little bit here, um, and we'll, we'll talk about you know the various matches as as they come through on the uh, as they happened on the show. But um, yeah, in terms of the actual NXT Championship match itself. I st- I'm I'm still predicting in Wrestle League. By the way, if you're a, a Patreon backer, Wrestle League predictions for NXT Takeover in your house are up. You can go and predict that right now. Um, I am still going to predict Karrion Cross to retain, but I could see someone coming out and winning it out of nowhere, like like an Adam Cole or a or a Pete Dunne. I think it would. I don't think they do. Maybe they do Johnny. That would be weird though. I mean, maybe. I think it would be a heel, basically. Uh, who would win it? Which I think limits it to Cole Dunn or Gargano. I don't think Carter Riley would um, would win it here. I think he'd need a, a bigger, like big singles, like proper crowning moment kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe Cole wins it here, and Kyle has to face Cole again for the NXT title. Maybe, maybe that's a story yeah. they could tell. I don't know, but I, I still think I'm going to go across to retain. I think. I will as well. I think that Karrion Cross is going to retain and have a, a, a longer reign with the title. But if they were going to take the title off of him, putting it on Adam Cole to have another match with Kyle O'Reilly seems like the most the most likely of destinations. Like, I don't know. I don't see the title fitting with anyone else right now. Like, I don't think Kyle O'Reilly right now needs the title. I don't think Johnny Gargano right now. I don't think the title, like, fits his his character and presentation with the mm-hmm. way and everything that's going on. And Pete yeah. Dunn just I don't think as he's being pushed is currently at that level. Like he's in the he's at the level to be in the match. I don't think he's at the level to win and be the champion for NXT. So I think Cross retains and goes forward with it. But if he does lose, Adam Cole seems like the most likely person to me. Yeah. It's also possible that he could be getting a call up cross you know maybe maybe sure. vince has got his eyes on him that you never know when corpse is going to happen these days from nxt it never seems logical uh, at this point you know it would <laughs> so just knows? be the most apropos thing that we've had this entire roster filled with guys like gargano and champa and pete dunn and adam cole and and just endless list of great workers and then they look at he's big let's mm-hmm. call him a big guy who can't have as many good matches as everyone else Hey man, if anyone's going to succeed WWE on the main, if anyone's going to succeed on the main roster out of out of these five guys, I'd put my money on Karrion Cross. Like, yeah, dude's big. Dude can actually like he has a presence to him, kind of thing. I think he'd really he'd be good on the main roster. I think he'd actually fit on the main roster the, the best out of probably anyone here. Adam Cole is just so good though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's uh. just me.
Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's get into a few of them uh, here now. Uh, Judas Messiah says, uh, Been a while, guys. Uh, was so shocked your three-week push didn't end, but congrats, guys, and loving my shirt. It is nice, so big ups for that, guys. However, I figured out why the hate for main man Dexter. You guys are jealous women want him and not you. That's uh, not what your mum said last night. Oh! I will say I've seen too many people saying this sentiment mm-hmm. in comment sections over the last yeah. like two months it's like yeah. oh well tempest clearly just it is has a fancy for indy hartwell and and mm, is upset yeah. that she's wanting dexter i was like all right i really hope you're trolling because if, mm. if you're not i'm slightly concerned yeah uh blind roll hey, Pete, yeah you were eating his mom's spaghetti Nailed it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. Uh <laughs> Blind Raw <laughs> says, um, uh, you hate the index story. Good God, guys. You hate the index storyline. I hate the index storyline too. But can we please talk about how Triple H and Regal absolutely chewed the scenery during that segment with Poppy? Uh that's a hunter pog. <laughs> We're making it an emote, yeah. Dude. Hunter was pogging so hard uh, in that segment. <laughs> it was it was a good time. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I I we've said our piece about. Uh, we'll talk about that segment more in a little bit here, but we've said our piece about the 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 storyline as a whole. That segment, I could not stop laughing. 
Um, not because I actually enjoyed it, but just from like Triple H and Regal. Just oh yeah, good God, so campy about the whole. I loved it. It was so dumb. Um, Triple H, the the shocked Pikachu face. Yeah, properly. Yeah, it was great. And, and Regal, Regal <laughs> having like twenty million different facial expressions in the yes. space of about two minutes was amazing. Yeah, not uh, enough people are giving credit to William Regal and his amazing facial reactions to yeah. everything. Everything. I love William yeah. Regal. I want more William Regal. I wish he wasn't retired. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, with the way that the NXT's going, where no one pays attention to him or any of his rulings, I'm hoping he just gets out the brass knucks soon and just starts decking people and be like, guys, this is my show! Yeah? For God's sake! Everyone fall in line! But for now, let's get into the rest of NXT, uh, which started off straight into the action of Austin Theory versus Only Lorcan. Um, good, straight into a match. Starting, starting shows with matches. Big fan. Uh, and this was set up last week through a little uh, backstage confrontation between Theory and Lorcan, uh, which I, I found it odd then that they then threw to a video thing and be like, "Here's what happened earlier," and it's uh, brawling them <laughs> again. It's like, okay, it's more of the same. Uh, but obviously this one included Johnny and Pete Dunne as well. Uh, and I, my first note, I was like, heel versus heel is going to be interesting. And then I heard the crowd just go, Austin Theory. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, of course, Theory is going to be working face in this one. That makes so much sense. Of course he is. Um, so yeah, Theory did work face in this one. And uh, <laughs> I'm such a nitpicker. God, I'm looking at my notes. I am such a nitpicker. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a little bit of touch of the WWE's here. Pete Dunne comes out and it goes to an ad break. I hate that. I hate it so much when they do that. When they're like, oh, what's this person coming out for? Stay tuned. And then they just go to an ad break. It's like... (laughs) God. Imagine if a random player from a different team walked out during like a football game and just walked onto the field and they cut to commercial. Yeah, literally. (laughs) that's literally the equivalent of like in in wrestling terms you know someone coming out to ringside is like something exciting happening right so imagine if you get like you're watching a soccer you're watching a football game right and actually yeah and the action's getting close to the goal people like someone like gets a corner right and they're they're, everyone's kind of piling down towards the end of the field and you know chance of a goal here at break you would never do that ever like and yet WWE is just like, because it's so formulaic and they know nothing's going to happen. So let's just put an ad break here. It's like, yeah, but the people need to buy into the fact that anything can happen at any time. I know this is a nitpick. It just really winds me up. Uh, however, my next note, though, is Austin Theory did a modified Spanish, fl- uh, Spanish fly. That's really cool. It, it was. It was very yeah. cool. Uh, it was one where he literally like it was like a half starship pain. He literally went up. And like sat and jumped and like sat on the top rope to grab um, Lorcan, who was just kind of sitting on the top turnbuckle, and then bounced off backwards and hit the the Spanish fly. Looks very cool. Good job, yeah. Austin Theory. It that was, was a, nice. it was a sit out. It was a sit out springboard Spanish fly, and I have never seen it before. You know, S S S F. Sure, springboard Spanish fly. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Go go for that. <laughs> that being said like 
when I watched this match, I could really tell that Austin Theory is a guy who's been coming up with like a lot of his own like ideas mm-hmm. for moves. You know, like you just kind of sit back. Maybe you're playing a video game, playing with action figures, whatever, whatever you do to think up wrestling moves. And he's thinking up like, oh, I can do this and I'll do that. Like, oh, that's super cool. You can do it this way and that way. But he's never really been pushed as a babyface in NXT. So he doesn't wrestle the style that would necessitate like a big, exciting, you know, flashy move. And now he's getting a chance to work as a babyface for one night. So he's like, oh, I'm going to do these moves, guys. He did like a rolling, jumping neck breaker. And I thought that was really cool. And then he did the sit out Spanish fly. And oh, good yeah. stuff. You know, I don't That's necessarily want him to be a babyface, but it's cool to have, have it be a little different for a week. Yeah, and I think that it kind of shows a little bit of potential because Johnny Gargano came out as well to kind of even the odds a little bit. Um, and I think there was a little glimmer of potential seeing the way as a babyface quartet. And I don't think they should do that anytime soon. I'm not saying they should do that right now. But I think there's there was a little glimmer of potential. It's like, oh, maybe they could work as a, as a babyface quartet in the future. Um, I think they could be quite endearing. Obviously, we know Johnny and Candice are phenomenal baby faces we already know that um but seeing like austin theory as baby face i was like there's there's some there's maybe something there in the future which should be uh quite fun if they do get to that uh gargano and dunn start brawling on the outside during this match which causes a distraction for austin theory only lorkin capitalizes hits a half nelson slam and wins was all right it was a a pretty solid opener i'd say it was good it was a perfectly adequate opening match is what i thought It did not light my world on fire, but there was enough cool things to keep me engaged. I have no complaints and no real, like, powerful thoughts about it either way. Like, it was Mm -hmm. was just perfectly fine. Absolutely, yeah. Um, After this, we got a video promo uh, from L.A. Knight. Um, Kind of a pre-recorded thing, him showing off all his stuff in his mansion. Um and him cutting a promo in a bathtub surrounded by two women and him just uh, doing being a knob basically. Uh, it was all right. Yeah, we'll get to it, but I think I definitely enjoyed the Cameron Grimes one a little bit more, you know, it's, it's really weird because both of them basically cut the same promo. Essentially. It was them being in a mansion, right? Showing off all the things, getting into a car, driving to the arena. And I know that was the point. I know they're supposed to be the same promo, but it really just showed how much more endearing Cameron Grimes is than yeah. LA Knight. Which is just like, man, he's just really much more engaging than LA Knight, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, which I thought was yeah, quite, uh, quite that, funny. I was going to say the exact same thing, where if you do mm. the exact same promo, you really can't have one of them just be significantly better than the other. Like, it yeah. needs to be different enough that you don't compare the two. And I know that's like the point of this storyline because they're both trying to be the new million dollar man and everything. But yeah. I saw this and uh, it felt like, like, I don't even know. Like it felt like a discount version of a million dollar man promo from the eighties. Something about mm. this just felt like tacky almost, mm. which is weird. Bit, yeah. Cause he was in, in like a big mansion and everything, but I don't want to like, put my foot in my mouth at all but maybe it had something to do with like just let's get a couple of pretty girls and sit them in the hot tub you know mm-hmm. i don't know it just felt weird it felt like a disconnect from like today's wrestling yeah a little bit i mean 
this whole feud is kind of a disconnect from today's wrestling in, <laughs> in a way. But, you know, eh, yeah, I guess. that's fair. We then had uh, Michael P.S. Hayes was there. Doc Hendricks, who ran down the takeover card. And I went, all right. I, I'm really happy for the two people who are super nostalgic for Doc Hendricks. And I think they were uh, Tom Phillips, or not Tom Phillips, god damn it. Uh, it was Beth Phoenix and the other one on commentary. Yes. They were just like, oh my god, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to throw to Doc Hendricks, guys. Oh my god. Doc Hendricks? Jesus. Um, yeah, they were very excited about it, and no one else was. Uh, after that, we had Santos Escobar in the ring with Legado del Fantasma. Uh and I did not like this promo segment uh, because he just basically said, hey, the Bronson Reed, you got involved in my business, blah, 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 blah. Bronson Reed comes out and he does the really cringy main roster WWE babyface thing of throwing to a clip of him hitting like the big squishy body press thing up against the cage wall on Santos Escobar from the previous week. And he throws to the clip. And then, just to make it even more main rostery, he throws it to the clip, which then starts appearing on more screens around the arena. Who's programming that? Was that a pretty <laughs> dumb thing by Bronson Reed to go to the production team and just say, hey guys, I, w- I want you guys to play this clip. I don't want you to just play the clip. I want you to play it on this back screen first. And then I'll say play it again. And then you just start putting it around more and more places. Can you do that for me? It's it's really dumb. Um, and then he's like, huh, I, I, I squashed you, remember? See? Oh, look, I did the thing. I, I, it didn't it hurt? It wasn't, it wasn't it bad. And Santos is like, no. <laughs> and then uh, he says, hey, we should fight again. And Bronson, I, I liked it when he was like, we should fight again. Bronson was like, okay. And they just came down to the ring. I was like, that's cool. It's like, there's three of them in there, but Bronson Reed just doesn't care. He's like, yeah, I'll fight. Whatever. That's cool. Uh, but then MSK come out. Um, and then he, uh, they, they all join up. And Santos Escobar goes out and then says, I want to fight you for all the titles. Six-man tag match at TakeOver. Winner takes all. North American title and the tag team titles on the line for, for, for the six-man tag. And I went... That's kind of cool. That's interesting. Don't know why they should get another shot at the tag team titles, but you know, mm-hmm. still cool, I guess. It's different, you know. Two titles on the line in one match is always exciting. Bit weird, but all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. I think. I thought it was like it was fine. I they haven't put in a put putting. That's not a word. They haven't. <laughs> God, I'm losing it. Is that P- P-U-T uh, apostrophe N? Yeah. Putin. Putin. <laughs> uh, whatever. Whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm saving all of my energy for Quizzlemania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they haven't put a lot of emphasis on like people getting title matches because they've won matches mm. leading up to this takeover. Like If you really look at it, who on this card has like racked up a bunch of wins leading to their title shot. You know, everyone is, a, is, has their different situation in the main event with the five way and everything. People have won matches, people have lost matches, whatever. Ember moon doesn't win matches. I'll get to that later. 
Santos Escobar hasn't won matches because he just lost the cruiserweight title. I don't have as much of a problem with that because he had a long reign and everything. That's a slightly different story, but he still mm-hmm. lost matches. And MSK just beat Legato del Fantasma. Yeah. What's going on here, guys? I don't know, man. Like, I don't you know, know, wins and losses in it. Like, why do we have wrestling matches if not to win and lose? Yeah. I would prefer if we head in a different direction for NXT TakeOver SummerSlam pre-show that we get some wins and then another guy who gets some more wins and then they wrestle each other and only one of them can win. Yeah. It's a perfect booking philosophy. (laughs) I promise you, if you try it, it'll work. Yeah, it genuinely will. Um, So now the the question remains, who do you think's winning in this six-man tag? Oh, well, I can't see them putting the tag titles on Legato del Fantasma. I could, if it was a one-on-one match and maybe not mm-hmm. like right now, I could see uh, Santos Escobar getting a run with the North American title. I think he's definitely elevated himself to the level that he can contend and win that title. Mm-hmm. But I think involving the tag titles in this means that they are not going to win this match. I think it's MSK and Bronson Reed's 100%. Yeah. See, I think that, and I, I do agree with you. There's a little part of me, though, that just thinks like, okay, so they took the North American title off Johnny Gargano, probably so they could elevate him up to the NXT title picture. Mm-hmm. What if Bronson Reed is a transitional champion and they want to get the North American title on Santos Escobar? And I think he's, he's I, I hate using this word, I think he's, deserved it after the fantastic cruiserweight title run that he's had i don't think he would be out of place having a north american title run at all um and i don't know how they feel about msk because for whatever reason as great as msk are and as much of a fan i am of i am of them i think they haven't been connecting to the nxt crowd as much as they would want them to Mm -hmm. so i don't know whether they're going to say hmm Maybe we should change tack with MSK. Maybe we shouldn't have the titles on them so much. Maybe we pushed them too quickly to the titles or something like that. And they're going to retro and they're going to try and change tack with MSK. And maybe they just go, you know what? Let's just push LDF. Let's give them the shot of all three of them holding the titles. We can give Santos Escobar that run with the North American. LDF can hold the tag titles. I don't, I, I, I could see it. I could see it happening. I don't think it will, but I could see it. And here's my hot take slash prediction i'm gonna predict like del fantasma in wrestle league wow yeah that's crazy that's crazy i uh i agree with everything you said i don't think msk is really connected with the nxt audience that's there like Mm -hmm. they maybe could have or should have Mm -hmm. you know because we said like right off of the bat i think it was either at the last takeover or right after where people were booing msk and we were like what are you booing msk for but it's kind of been like a consistent thing since then, you know, like I thought, oh, maybe they just got like one gathering of people that really didn't like MSK. And it's just kind of kept going. Mm. And like, I, I I get it kind of like they don't have like the most character. Luke and Andy really don't like them. So mm. the, the people are out there who don't like them. So it's 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 one thing. I don't necessarily think they're going to lose the titles. 
and I would be kind of, kind of upset, not upset, but I would be a bit disappointed if they just like took the title off of them and then tried to hit the reset button. I think there's more you can do with them as champions to make mm-hmm. them into a strong pair of champions and make the belts look better just by tweaking their characters and having them still being on a positive trajectory than just be like, oh, we'll put this these titles on a cold team mm-hmm. and then try and figure something else out for them. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that idea. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Could still happen, but... Yeah. And uh, all the people in the chat, by the way, saying that this is where I'm going to lose my, my lead in, in Wrestle League. I'm two points clear at the top of Wrestle League. <laughs> not in the office, not in the Wrestle Talk office, of Wrestle League full stop. In front of everyone, of everyone that competed in Wrestle League, I'm two points clear at the top. I could afford to take one risky pick. All right? I'm going to do it, because if it pays off, I'm a genius. Um, Hockey chopper. Yeah. <clears throat> um, then, the thing is, I didn't like that segment, right? It just kind of it happened. I was like, ah, this is a bit main rostery. This is a bit cringy. I'm not a huge fan of this. Then a hit Rose music hit, and I went, oh my god, yeah. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I genuinely hit Rose music hit, and immediately I turned the sound up on my laptop and went, oh, okay. And I was like, I just, I was so much more attentive as soon as they hit. I don't know what it is about them. They have an intangible asset. They genuinely do. There's something intangible about Hit Row that just makes them so good. And I'm so invested in everything they're doing right now. And I just, I can't wait to see what they're going to do next every single week. And on this week, it was just Swerve having a match against Killian Dane. And and honestly, you know, it's not the the craziest match you'll ever see. It's not going to knock your socks off. It's not the, the... Best worked match on this episode, probably. But God, I really enjoyed it though, because I'm just so into everything Hit Row does. Oh man. And like they had a little stare off with Legado del Fantasma and Bronson Reed and MSK before their match started. Keeping those plates spinning. Love it. Um and yeah, Swerve just continuing to just be awesome. He's so he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. This match was fun. I will say, I don't necessarily think that if the match took place like at this takeover this Sunday, I would feel too much differently about it. But if this same stipulation of match, the Mm -hmm. six person tag with all the titles on the line, if that took place with Bronson Reed and MSK took place at the next takeover with hit row, Mm. I'm all on board. Pedal to the metal hit row's got to win every belt in the world. I love Hit Row so much. Like, I can't... I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. They have so much star potential. Like, just walking to the ring, Isaiah Swerve Scott, like, just looks and kind of sneers at Santos Escobar. And -hmm. just doing that, I was like, he has so much charisma. He has so much personality and character in doing absolutely nothing. Like, just one facial expression is all it takes to get me hooked. And I cannot express enough that there are not enough people in wwe with that ability that just with a look have me hooked and you know you you had said uh possibly bronson reed being a transitional champion and everything i don't necessarily think that they've if that's the case i would have liked them to like really play up the the i've achieved my dream thing Mm -hmm. which they did in the match that he won it and then the promo afterwards but it's kind of been forgotten about since if they'd really played that up, 
I could have seen him just pass the title mm-hmm. on to someone else. Because then it would be like a really emotional thing. Like, oh, I just won this title. And now I've lost it again. Ah, Don't know that we're going to get that. But if it was Isaiah Swerve Scott in that mix, I'd be 100% on board. I thought that yeah. they were going to add them and do like a three-way, nine-man tag match for all the titles. That would have been a crazy takeover match. I don't know how that, that would have cool. like worked, but that would have been neat. Yeah, that would have been very cool. Um, the match itself, Swerve wins. Obvs, uh, a little bit of distraction, shenanigans, and uh, the um, top dollar hits his uh, his finish onto Drake Maverick on the apron, which is cool. I say his finish. It is an AA. It's it's yeah. it's just an AA. I do hope he uses something different because it is an AA. It's not the greatest finisher in the world, but it's fine. Um, yeah, it, it was really really fun. I'm still super duper into Hit Row. I was gonna say something else about Swerve. If it was why I really liked, I'll say something and give you a chance to possibly find that point. I feel like this match was part of the reason this show didn't really work for me as a go home show. Cause like, I get it. You have to build things up and not everything on the entire show is going to be focused on the pay-per-view. But this to me was like, this was a good chunk of the show where I was just like, I didn't feel like it, it had like a lot of stakes involved. You know, this wasn't like an important match. And I feel like most things on a go-home show should feel important. I still enjoyed it. I didn't like hate watching it or anything. But when it was over, I was like, yeah, that was that was another match. And there were mm-hmm. too many matches on this show that were just a match for it to be like a good go-home show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. I remembered my point. Um, One of the things that just makes me so invested in Hit Row is this feels like for the first time probably since maybe Sanity, I might be misremembering, uh, where a faction has come in that feels like it's a bunch of different people because mm. as great as great as Undisputed Era were, and don't I was the biggest Undisputed Era mark. I wanted to get the Undisputed Era logo tattooed on me at one point in time. I was the biggest Undisputed Era mark. All four of them are kind of the same guy. Like yeah. Their thing is, we're all really good wrestlers. And that was their gimmick, right? Sanity, when they had Dane and Cross and Young and Wolf, felt like different people. Hit Row feel like different people. Each of them has their own distinct character. And it's just when they come out and they're all standing together, they look different. They're different heights. They're different weights. They're different genders. You know, that they have stuff that's just different about them that makes them feel like a proper wrestling faction. And I think that's what draws me to them as well, to just see a bunch of different people coming together and being and having kind of like the same unified purpose. It just draws me to them that much more. That's why I like 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's it's why I love the Shield so much back in the mm. day. Yeah. You know, like when the Shield got going, it was these aren't just three guys who are all interchangeable. Like they were all distinct. They all had their own purpose. They all they all had their own personality, and they all, they all had their own wrestling style, mm-hmm. which is a very important thing. Because I mean, how many times have we seen tag teams come together in WWE where they're like Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy, where they're interchangeable? Mm-hmm. Even in WWE, the Revival, they were largely interchangeable. There was a, a chant of which one's Dash, which one's Dawson. 
Mm. You're never going to get anyone in hit row mixed up because they're all distinct. They're all unique and they're all great. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's great. Uh, we then had a backstage promo with Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Uh, Indy says that Dexter still loves her and runs off. And Candice says, why is this still happening? Echoing the thoughts of everyone watching, except right. Mark, because everyone likes this apparently. Anyway, whatever. Um, it was a short segment. It, I yeah. don't care. I don't care. Why does um, Candace have such a hate boner for Poppy? Because <laughs> they needed to set up the segment later. That's why. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like we missed the, the first segment in this storyline. I, I think she was just saying like, why are people talking about Poppy and not the NXT women's tag team champions? I think. Yeah, but they it. did that. That was they the... did that last week too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. It just felt like, uh, I don't know. It just felt like we missed a segment where Poppy like walked through her, their photo shoot or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did a little bit of something, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um. After that, Mercedes Martinez went out to have a match against unnamed person. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I didn't. I never got the name for the for the live I, report. I never got the I name. I don't think they ever said report. it. Like when I, went, I I was I like I mentioned earlier, I went to go to the Squared Circle Reddit to check, and they literally said, "I don't know, yeah. it was too quick. I didn't get the name." Like it's it's <laughs> been a while since there was a match with just a local competitor. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Uh, Mercedes comes out, but before the match starts, Zaya Lee attacks her. Uh, they have a brawl a bit on the outside uh, before they get separated. Mercedes Martinez then gets in the ring and says she wants to fight anyway. Hits a big boot, hits the air raid crash, and then just wins against. The person, whoever they were. Um, cool. I don't care about this match, but this no. segment made me like Mercedes Martinez more, if yes. that makes sense. Like, this yeah. to me was proper booking of like a badass baby face. Mm-hmm. And they really don't do that very often in WWE. So it no. was like, it was really nice change of pace because. How often would we see, like, if this was Tony Storm, she rolls back in the ring, she gets beat by the jobber, you know, and that doesn't benefit anybody. But Mercedes Martinez rolls back in, she was like, nah, screw it, ring the bell, and just beats her ass. Yeah. That's what I want out of a badass baby face. So, like, it's I, very really, cool. I still really don't care about this takeover match, because, like, I don't know how you possibly could, but no. I think they did a good job with the segment. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, in terms of the match itself, I think Zia Lee is probably going to win. I sure, yeah. I don't, I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping because it's a takeover match. They're going to have a bit of a spotlight, and everyone's going to go, "Wow, these two are really good." Mm-hmm. I'm hoping because it's a takeover. So I'm, I'm hoping they, you know, they haven't just gone. Well, go on a takeover stage, see what happens. I'm hoping they know what they're doing. I have a theory. I have a theory because. To me, if you wanted to have a bigger takeover card, you would probably have put on uh, Champa and Thatcher versus Grizzled Young Veterans. That would have yes. been your takeover match, right? I feel like they're doing this Mercedes versus Ali match because they've got something planned for it. I don't know what, but I feel like they've got a big thing planned. This won't just be a match. And then the person wins and that's it. It will be a match and then there'll be like a post-match angle or something will happen or there'll be a return or a debut or there'll be a there'll be a something associated with this match, which is why they've put it on the takeover card. 
I think. Also, maybe You're just so to showcase Zayali and Mercedes, because they're probably yeah. very good wrestlers and can have a great match. Probably that too. But I feel like there's there's a reason they put this on TakeOver, specifically, when you had other options to go on to make it probably what would have been a bigger TakeOver card. That would be my yeah. opinion anyway. No, I feel uh, that. I feel that. I It felt very kind of out of place. Like, when we said it last week, we were like, oh, this is probably a pre-show match, yeah? Mm, yeah. Doesn't look that way now. Might end up that way. Who knows? But... Yeah, it does feel a bit out of place, but hopefully that just leads to us having lower expectations that will be easily surpassed. Yes, agreed. Um, backstage, Poppy hugs Dexter Loomis. That's my only note for this segment. It was hilarious. Um, because Dexter Loomis came in with a drawing of Poppy, as you do. And as you do as well, Poppy takes the, the drawing and looks at it and then hugs Dexter Loomis. Uh, as she's hugging Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell comes in, sees Dexter hugging, gets very upset and runs off. Meanwhile, Triple H and William Regal are just having the best time in this segment. So yeah. many brilliant facial expressions from both of them. I could not stop laughing uh, at them specifically. Storyline, still terrible. This didn't endear mm. me to the storyline in any way. I didn't enjoy the segment because of the storyline. I enjoyed the segment because no one took it seriously and it was the funniest. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I, to say. Uh, it's Dexter Loomis again. Yeah. yeah. Can we get to the effing point already? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we get to the point? You know? <laughs> Like can can they kiss or not? Like I don't. What when are they going to just do the thing? Mm. When are they going to pay this off? Because I take feel like over. Wait, this... no, none of them are wrestling. <laughs> like I feel like this is going to be the six month storyline that just goes away when they get bored of it. And I'm yeah. I don't even know if that's better or worse. Like I'm just it's whatever. Uh, the one people are going to say that I'm just you know bitching about Dexter Loomis and yeah sure I am. and yeah you are okay. yeah and yeah I am. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong on this, and I will ha- I will take a step back and admit, you know, defeat in this case. Uh, is has Dexter Loomis ever portrayed himself as a big Poppy fan? Like, is that a thing that happened when she's been on the show? No, no, no. Okay, I'll be honest. He's allowed to I, like. I music. don't care enough to have paid attention to that. If that yeah. is a thing that's happened, so I could have missed it. I'll be I'll be honest about that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like the only the only thing with Dexter Loomis and I'm walking a tightrope here because I often say that I want people to have like well-developed uh characters and everything mm-hmm. multidimensional characters. But with a lot with Dexter Loomis it feels genuinely like there's a bunch of like bullet points of like separate things for his character. Like mm-hmm. he's a painter. Like, why is he a goddamn painter? You know, but he's a he's a painter. He's a serial killer. He he loves Indy Hartwell. Still unexplained for no yeah. reason other than she's just an attractive woman, which mm-hmm. I, fair enough. But whatever. And now it's just like he's also a big fan of Poppy, and it feels yeah. like it just kind of gets written into the story because you need to create a divide between poppy and in the way but again i don't care that much it's dexter lewis this yeah. wasn't this was not 
the week where I blew my gasket over Dexter Loomis. That was last week. Go check yeah, that, that out. That, that if you want to rant, yeah. it'll be last week. Yeah, I, I, I think to your, to, to your point of him having separate character traits for Dexter Loomis, I think that's something that they just do, and they just go, and also this thing for him. Yeah. And they go, look, isn't it funny? He can also do this thing. It's like, yeah. well, no, but nice try. Anyway, yeah. we've spoken about it too much. Like, develop any of those bullet points. Like, just a mm. little bit. Just a yeah. little bit. And yes, fine. people, I know I'm overthinking it. It's not a big deal, but... yeah. There not a lot happened on this NXT show. Nothing happened about. on this show, guys. <laughs> uh, something that did happen. Well, we can talk about something that did happen next because it was the the priceless announcement of Ted DiBiase. We we had a promo from Cameron Grimes as well, video yes. promo that was basically the same uh, the same the same as uh, LA Knights, which was him at home. I loved Cameron Grimes when he tried to smoke a cigar and drink whiskey. Hated both of them and pretended to love them. <laughs> it's just very funny. If um, that is not like just a, a time capsule of today's wrestling, yeah, it's like look at me, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of you. I'm one of you old '80s wrestlers. Sounds pretty right, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was very funny. He he just did the same promo as LA Knight, but better. Um, and then he got in his Rolls Royce and uh, drove to the arena. They both got there at the same time. I really liked this because you never see this this was very unique of them both walking to the ring and just trash talking each other the whole time as they walked to the ring for this prices announcement um and just like throwing one-liners at each other the whole time not getting physical or anything just showing how really like petty this feud is and that's the point of this feud is it's just like we're vying for the affection of ted dibiase and that's it that's the point of the feud at this point. It's very petty. It's them just trying to one-up each other each time. And that was all they did was walking out to the ring. It was very unique. Very, It's very different. You don't normally see that kind of stuff. LA Knight like, chucks Cameron Grimes' money, so he gets his music played first. But then his music gets interrupted by Cameron Grimes, and he's like, oh, what the hell kind of thing. Just constantly trying to one-up each other the whole time. I thought it was very fun. And then we get the announcement that it's going to be for the Million Dollar Championship in a ladder match at takeover cameron grimes versus la knight i think this is going to be match of the night that's a bold prediction right there uh if it's not match of the night because the fate of five way might take that if it's not match of the night it will definitely be like a sleeper hit i think it's going to be one of those matches where you leave it and you go good god that was so much fun because one cameron grimes is a bloody good wrestler and they're in a ladder match. So LA Knight, who's still good, perfectly, you know, a, a good wrestler, just not like on the same level as like the top workers in NXT. I think having him in a ladder match could cover up some of those, not weaknesses, but not as strong areas for him mm -hmm. in a match. A lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of just like very cheap, easy ways to get emotional investment because everyone wants to see Cameron Grimes win. So just like him going for the title and being fingertips away and then like you know la knight just like slaps his hand away or like pulls him off the ladder everyone's gonna be like oh come on it's gonna be like it's one of those like proper like soap opery type everyone just wants to see the good guy win i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and i'm really happy they brought back the million dollar championship and cameron grimes cut a bloody good promo uh just before we started climbing the ladder as well thought it was really good so yeah, yeah. i really like the promo from cameron grimes you know, it, 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 to me, he needed to do a little bit more to really like make the turn to being a baby face. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And he, to me, cut a really good, like, when I get in this ring, I can't be beat when I'm in front of all these people going to the, the whole deal. His whole promo, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm buying it, you know? I was into Cameron Grimes as a babyface, like, a couple weeks ago, but I was really into it here. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to get invested in this character as a babyface. I don't think he's going to win on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think I think you can do a lot more. Ted DiBiase sides with LA Knight and helps mm-hmm. him win the match. And then you do the chase and eventually have Cameron Grimes win the million dollar championship, possibly at the next takeover or something. Who knows? I think there's a lot there. And I really enjoyed this segment. I This to me was probably the best thing on the show. Maybe the main event segment. This to me at least stuck out the most as being mm-hmm. something that made me want to see the takeover match a lot more. Yeah. So thumbs up for that props to you guys i love ted dibiase mm, he's great um yeah i'm i'm quite excited i think grimes is gonna win uh Ooh. i i think this is just a short-term feud i think la knight's a bit of a placeholder uh, as just the foil to the the cameron grimes story and la knight happens to be the foil that they've chosen for it uh, he fits very well in the whole, you know, continuing on the million dollar legacy and stuff like that. I think he's done very well in the story, but I do think that this is Cameron Grimes' story that they're going to tell at TakeOver, and this is going to be his kind of, like, solid, this is going to be the big babyface moment for Cameron Grimes as he gets the million dollar championship. What they do from there, I don't know. I don't know if they know what they're going to do after he actually gets the belt, but I think they they want the moment of him winning and just being like million dollar champion. Yeah, let's go. Well, yeah. And- I mean, the the goal of all this is to have him do a million funny vignettes with the million dollar mm. championship, you know, which yeah. If you're if we're going straight to that, it'll be very entertaining. But yes. I don't know, I'm just looking at it as like I bet they think that they can get two more months out of this and you can have Ted DiBiase be like a heel be classic mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase and have him turn on Cameron Grimes. You know, I, I think there's something there, whether they go that direction or not. I don't know, but I think yeah. they're, they're in a good place one way or the other. Yeah, totally. Uh, we then had cross and O'Reilly started brawling backstage. Okay. This was like a five uh, second segment. Yeah, it literally <laughs> was. It was just like, they're brawling. They're being torn apart at break. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Again, just William Regal has no control of his show. Stop it! Stop it! This is my show! This is my show! Gosh darn it! Yeah. Um, War games, etc. We then had uh, Grizzly Young Veterans. (laughs) Bloody war games! Uh, Grizzly Young Veterans faced Austin Gray and Jiro, I think. Is that the names? Eichmann Jiro. He was making his debut, so I felt less bad about not knowing his name initially. Good. I'm glad it was the debut because it felt quite bad. Um, Jiro wrestles in a jacket. Bold move by him. Bold move. How can you wrestle in a jacket? That's wild. Uh, Quite fun, though. You know, crowd always get into it. He wants to wrestle in a jacket. He was trying to take the jacket off. They're like, no, the jacket. I love that thing. It's like Angel Garza's tearaway pants. It's just an easy, like, item of clothing. It's just easy to get over. Oh, it's yeah. quite cool. Um, and it was a hell of a jacket as well. Um, but, of course, Good and Young Vets take 90% of the offense on this match, as they should. Uh, Champa and Thatcher come out to watch. Babyface is getting a little bit of offense off a off distraction of them watching and stuff. Uh, Good and Young Veterans hit the um, Tigers of Mayhem to win, though. 
And then they set up a tornado tag uh, for next week, which one is quite interesting because it's a tornado tag. Haven't seen one of them in ages. Um, and also, it's cool that we're going to see Grizzly on Vets versus Champer and Thatcher. However, I didn't like that Grizzard Young Vets agreed to this match. They're the ones that kind of offered it, really. Because the whole thing is that they were done with Champer and Thatcher. And Champer and Thatcher were the, the ones that were badgering them and stuff like that. And then Zach Gibson just goes, well, if it's a scrap you want, it's a scrap you'll get. And it's like, well, why, though? You just <laughs> said you didn't want that. Why are you now changing your mind? That doesn't really make sense. Really twisted his arm. Yeah. Which was like, why did you just say no? And then be done with it. Like, yeah. uh, move on. It was it was weird. Uh, yeah, but regardless, it's probably going to be very fun. Uh, and I hope that Grizzly Drunk Vets win. And they move on to start a few with MSK who will probably retain their tag titles. If Legato and El Fantasma win, then Champer and Thatcher are probably going to win. And Champer and Thatcher are going to be the contenders for Legato and El Fantasma if they win the tag titles. I don't want to see that happen, though. As much as I think I'm predicting Legado del Fantasma, it's a bold prediction. I don't think it's actually going to happen. I think the smart move is to have MSK retain, have Grizzly Jung Vets win here, and have Grizzly Jung Vets go on to face MSK, maybe at the next takeover, maybe sooner, whatever. But I also think Grizzly Jung Vets should win the belts. Take them off MSK. Yes. 100 million bajillion percent. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you could have done like a quick, uh, not necessarily a transitional title reign but if you'd mm -hmm. had msk lose the belts to grizzled young vets at this takeover and then mm -hmm. done a longer chase for msk because they won the belts like immediately upon you know signing with nxt and winning the yeah. dusty classic and everything and they're a good team like they had their good match in the dusty cup final i think there was a lot that they could have done there instead we're getting this uh legato del fantasma match which should still be very good but I do think the big money in the tag division is going to be MSK and JYV or GYV. GYV. Yeah, whatever. Uh, my brain's not working. Junior young veterans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that is the direction they're hopefully going to go. If Champ and Thatcher win this match, I'm just going to throw my hands up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, like I they're really good too, them. but give me Grizzled Young Vets. Like they've teased yeah. them being a top act for so long. Just give give it to me already. Yeah, yeah. Do, do more because young vets. They're great. Bobby Fish had a promo. He was training. Says he's not forgotten about Only Larkin. I forgot about this segment. <laughs> cool. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Candice LeRae came out and uh, she calls out Poppy because she doesn't like Poppy. Poppy then comes out and says she doesn't wrestle. But she knows someone who does. And out comes Io Shirai, which Yay. was cool. Um, I like the fact that it makes sense for Poppy to introduce her because Poppy's done her entrance music and stuff like that. Um, Io Shirai comes out and she beats up Candice Ray. Cool. Yeah. I would have thought that this would have been a nice little thing for TakeOver, personally. To have a little <sighs> a little like interim between matches kind of thing of Candice Ray to be like, why aren't we on this car? We're the NXT women's tag team champions. Why why did Poppy get so much hype? Where's the time for us? I think that would have made a lot more sense, personally. And it would have been cool to have you sure I come back on the takeover. That's just me though. No, no, I think you're right. I think that's uh I think that's a very, very good point to make. Yeah. I don't know where they're gonna go from here with this. Maybe mm -hmm. Yoshirai will find a partner and go after the tag titles. Maybe not. Who knows? I think that's as fine a direction as any. I don't know who she would 
tag with though you know Frankie Monet. I don't know. Like, it's not. Uh, she doesn't have like any any connections with anybody on this roster mm. right now because Kyrie yeah. Sane is is gone. And they mm. were a fun team, but sure. Oh well. Uh, then we had uh, Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. Uh, we really don't have much time to talk about this because we're going to overrun somehow in this show. Um, it, it was a match. It ends in DQ yeah. uh, because Raquel Gonzalez interfered because of course she did uh emma moon then stands tall afterwards why didn't moon just get the win i don't know hey ho uh raquel gonzalez booted her off the top rope but she hit the eclipse anyway is this the scene at takeover no it's not raquel gonzalez is gonna win <laughs> yeah she's good she's gonna win 100 percent. i have no idea why they couldn't have just had ember moon win this match like she she left with her head held high anyway she left everyone laying do exactly this, but have her win. Have yeah. the matches matter. Yeah. Why? It, it, this was this was uh it, this was like the third point on the show. I was like, that's a bit main rostery. And yeah. I didn't like that. It was like it was the thing with Pete Dunn coming out and then cutting straight into an ad break. It was the Bronson Reed segment, and then it was this thing, and I was like, This feels very main rostery. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we had the the promo segment with carrying cross etc uh to end the show which we've already spoken about overall this was a perfectly fine episode of nxt as a go-home show it was not good i'll say that uh it didn't apart from like the million dollar uh championship announcement nothing really made me more excited for sunday in particular the promo segment maybe did a little bit i think it 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 didn't necessarily make me more excited for the match i think it made the match more unpredictable for me because it made me think that other people could potentially win which you know is part of the promotion i guess so they did a good job on that one as well everything else yeah i'm sure it's going to be a very fun show but this go home show for me didn't really do it for me it's a good show just not for a go home show yep yep i i would say it's like a low th- three out of five personally you know i would say i would say three i wouldn't say low personally but it was a it was a good show for nxt standards i would say it's like a low three that's very fair yeah, NXT yeah. has pretty high standards. That's very fun. I, I think so. My screen's very dark. It is. Sure yeah. is. Uh, well, while you're doing that, uh, let's go ahead and get into the rest of your Ultra Chats. Last call to get in your Ultra Chats here. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support is the link to go to. Get in your Ultra Chats uh, because uh, we'll be going through every single one of your messages before the show ends today. So starting off with Sadie6969 Deegan says how's it going peeps great episode of nxt last night i love the poppy cameo and my wife eo is back oh hell yeah uh props to whoever keeps handing hit row baseball bats because they hit every segment out of the park 10 out of 10 hit row are the best uh, i have no emotional investment in poppy whatsoever uh so her stuff is not for me personally um but yeah eo coming back was very cool I agree. yeah yeah, no, I do not love any wrestler more than Triple H loves Poppy. Yes, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Harrison Earl says, uh, quick fantasy booking. Takeover in your house, cross retains. SummerSlam takeover. Kyle wins the title. Takeover war games. Undisputed era, undisputed era, fatal four way inside war games. Okay, mm. Kyle retains. Uh, Royal Rumble takeover. Cole versus O'Reilly. Loser leaves NXT. Kyle retains. Cole wins the Rumble. That is fantasy booking because Cole is not going to win the Rumble. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, uh, you can't do like a fatal four way match like this in war games. Like, like they can change the rules for war games and change how the match is set up, but like, that's not really how war games I, works. I, I, I think maybe if they, if they literally just did a fatal four way, but it's in two rings. So yeah. it's like it's the war game setting without it yeah. being a war games match. I think, yeah, like Undisputed Era's history with war games would make that a really cool setting for them to have the match in. I agree with that. That would be really cool. Yeah, um, yeah it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a war games match, uh, yeah. so to speak. Um, I mean, everything else, I think it's you know pretty much on the on the money. You know, yeah. I I think Kyle wins the NXT title probably at the next takeover. So hmm. that'd be yeah, cool. We'll yeah. see. Uh, Misha Sumra says, uh, will TakeOver have fans back? No. Uh, if so, what odds on Impact throwback chance of creepy bastard if Loomis, uh, if Loomis appears? Uh, NXT fans are acknowledged as more smart marky than the WWE average. They might be able to manage it. Uh, no, I believe it's the same fans as normal um, for TakeOver. Also, if you ever saw my mentions, you'd know that a lot of people don't... They, they're not going to chant anything negative towards Dexter Loomis. They're all going to be chanting index, 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 whatever. Uh, we've got a couple miscellaneous ones here. Uh, Dylan Haggett says uh, Tempest, Mitsuhara Masawa versus uh, Toshiaki Kawada, uh, June 3rd, 1994. Worthy of six stars because personally, I don't think so. I, I was not prepared for this question. No, I didn't I have, think you would like, be. And like I'm, I'm prepared in that I can give an answer. But I was like, "Wow, all right, this is an interesting thing to get in a, mm. a somewhat bland NXT." Um, yeah. I, it's difficult to look back on something like this with today's eyes and judge it for what it was at the time. You know, like because you can look back at a match like Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, you know, their ladder match, and be like, "That's not five stars. That's a mm -hmm. boring ladder match." You know, whatever. And you're looking at it through today's eyes. Back then that was a five-star match. That was like the craziest thing anyone had ever seen. And at the time, Masawa and Kawada had a six-star match. Going back and going back and looking at it today, I can still watch it and be like, oh, that's awesome match. Incredible. Looking at the people losing their minds, watching that in the crowd, I was like, oh, I would love to be able to see something like that. That being said, I would probably say it's like a five-star match. But again, mm -hmm. these these number scores are are arbitrary and 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 dumb anyway. It's a really friggin' great match that more people should go out of their way to see because it is wrestling history and excellent stuff. Yes. Hope that answers the question adequately. We got one more here. Sadie sixty nine sixty nine Deegan again. Come to say, uh, forgot takeover was this weekend, but are y'all gonna live react to this takeover? It's okay if you aren't. Just want to know if I should buy snacks. Also, I would say good luck tonight, Tempest. But let's be honest, you don't need it. Big brain boy for the win. Hashtag liw. Um, 
we're not going to be doing live reactions to this takeover, no. Uh, but we will be doing a review of it on Monday uh, on the Rest Talk podcast channel right here. Uh, so yeah, so there will be a review on the Monday, but no live reactions this time. And also, yes, Tempest is on Quizzle Mania tonight, and he's going to take back Quizzle Mania Championship, and then at Hell in a Cell. One of us is going to get to jam that championship and the intangibles will rule WrestleTalk and it's going to be awesome. So I have an email here. In fact, before we get into the emails, I wanted to talk about something that has been very an, an important part of my life that, that's uh, come to a close at this point. Final episode of Critical Role Campaign 2. My God. I haven't finished it yet, and I'm really mad about it that I haven't finished it yet because um, I can't watch it live because it starts at like friggin' 1, 2 a.m. my time, so I can't stay up for it. Also, the episode is seven and a half hours long, so I couldn't uh, watch it live or anything. Uh, so it, it goes up on YouTube on Mondays. I watched half of it on Monday night, got up to the to the break in the middle, which was like three hours watching that. It was great. It was a good time. Uh, and then I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll finish it tomorrow tomorrow being tuesday tuesday night i was playing dnd i was like okay i'll finish it wednesday then i'm realizing tonight i'm also playing dnd in my campaign that i'm running so i still can't watch it which i'm not going to be able to finish it until tomorrow and i'm very i'm very mad about it because i just want i well i don't want to finish it because i'm not ready for it to finish but also i just want to watch it now because i've watched half an episode and this is this the ad break went into a bit of a cliffhanger and now i'm i'm at the bit and I can't go back and I can't finish it and I'm having all sorts of conflicting feelings Tempest that's that's been my week so far big fan should have watched it live my sister watched it live the whole thing the all seven hours yes sir god how that's insane I just can't carve out seven hours in a day I physically do not have the time to do that that's wild just prepare yourself like you'd prepare for an old Wrestlemania (sighs) yeah yeah, I guess you're right, but not with the job I have. I can't do that. Um, tell you what, though, the episode before that, episode 140, there's been 141 pissing episodes of this campaign. Good God, I love it. Um, 100, episode 140. I, I've been known in the last few years to cry at stuff when I when I watch it. You know, I'm not you? Luke. I don't yeah. cry at everything. I don't cry at everything. I'm not Luke, right? But I do cry at stuff, you know. Uh, Coco gets me every time. God, that movie's so good. It's an absolute masterpiece. Um, but generally when I cry at stuff, it's like the eyes get a bit watery. Occasionally there'll be the odd tear that comes down, you know. Watching episode 140 of Crit Roll, I was full on crying. Like I was, I was sobbing in my seat watching this frigging episode. I have never cried like that at anything before. But I was full on like tears streaming down my face watching this episode it was so good tempest it was so good i god god so good um if people want to email in stuff about critical role i will not read it out on the podcast because spoilers and stuff but i'll read it and i will appreciate it email in support and i will read that stuff because crit roll is like my favorite thing in the world just throwing it out there. I've just hijacked this entire podcast so far. I mean, what else are we going to talk about on a podcast like this? We've talked about hockey for like 10 minutes before, so who That's cares? very fair. That's entirely valid, yeah. Um, 
we do have emails to get through though that's been my life by the way for the last like we've just been counting down be like okay final episode i need to watch it need to watch it need to watch it got halfway now i can't bloody finish it until tomorrow and i might not even be able to finish it tomorrow because i get my covid jab in the afternoon so i might just be shattered and not be able to concentrate and pay attention to it tomorrow so i didn't even know if i could finish it then oh my god i might have to wait another day god my life sucks no it doesn't that's a lie first um, <laughs> world problems yes yes it is a first world problem and i, I can't watch it. my seven hour dnd show yeah exactly oh. Th- this is this is the definition of a datsun world problem right here um yeah I'm just trying uh, to figure out what the last time i really cried over was for yeah probably a movie of some sort maybe endgame but that was like yeah. two years ago now yeah that was oh my god yeah, yeah. it was at the same time yeah. we've been living in a world without movies so yeah. i don't really know oh man i went to go see endgame with ollie and luke wild oh, wow. yeah that was that was a time ago and and their lovely uh lady partners as well uh i think i went to see that movie insane. four times <sighs> Mate. i think i saw it twice twice i saw, Infin- yeah. I saw infinity war six times in theaters oh my god I really like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, we should really get through these emails. Remember what I said at the start of this podcast that we've got a lot to get through. We should we should do that. Uh, we've got an email here from Ethan. It says, good appropriate time of day, LIW. Today I was driving around listening to the pod and heard the dog stories, so I decided to share a picture of my boy Scamp at 18 years old enjoying a ride in the back of the Ute? U-T-E? Is that a thing? Is it like a pickup truck? Uh, probably. I don't know. Uh, Ute, mean, Ute means something different where I'm from. Yeah, sure. Uh, he always enjoyed a ride in the Ute with the wind in his face. Uh, this was his last ride before going to the farm in the sky, but I feel like he still rides along even, uh, even years later. Regards, Ethan. Let me screen share this one for you, Tempest. Screen okay. share. Yeah. Oh, look at Scamp. I was gonna. I was holding out hope that he'd be the the same breed of dog from Lady and the Tramp because mm-hmm. in the the sequel, uh, Scamp is the name of the son. Mm. But it was not to be. That is still a very cute dog, That's though. A very cute dog. Uh, thank you, Ethan, for that one. Uh, got another one here from Ben. It says hi, Pete and Tempest. Oh no, I shouldn't be screen sharing this. I, I hope you didn't see what the picture was because it might have ruined the surprise. <laughs> uh, ben says, Hi, Pete and Tempest. Uh, you guys read out my email about my doggo on NXT this week, and I realized uh, realized too late I forgot to tell you what his name was and what type of dog he was. His name is Chester because that's where I live, uh, and he's a cockapoo, a cocker spaniel, and poodle. I think mm-hmm. we were kind of right because we were speculating, and I said it's kind of spanielly. So I kind of, right. and I think you and said was it was kind of, yeah. it was like it was a poodle. Kind of a right? poodle. Yeah. yeah. So we're both right. Um, So you weren't far off with Miniature Poodle. Uh, Anyway, I couldn't send an email without some sort of animal pic. And since I don't have Chester with me at the moment, here's an elephant photo I took a few years ago in Africa. Sadly, I don't know his name. Uh, P.S. I'm sending this on a Thursday, so I hope Smackdown slash whatever show this ends up being read out on was good. Uh, Well, you've already heard our thoughts about the show. Uh, So let's screen share. Look at this. It's an elephant. Oh, my God. It's an elephant. We need to give the elephant names. Because this elephant didn't have a name. Um, I like Dragon uh, Ball Z. How about Trunks? <laughs> uh, 
Trunks. Trunks it is. Trunks the elephant. Goodness me. Uh, thank you that, for the email. Is that a little too uh, a little too Datsun for you? It's fine. Uh, honestly, I don't have the time to spend uh, all day on 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 elephant name. Unfortunately, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, we've got another email here from Jack. It says, "Hey, intangibles, uh, Jack here. I hope the week had treated you well and that you're happy, healthy, and full of awesome." Uh, speaking of health, you're both looking pretty trim. I can tell that your hours in the gym and in the ring are really working for you. Thanks. Uh, kudos, you look like future champions to me. So let's do some more marriage game practice. You can walk that aisle and be unbeatable. Uh, last time I asked about handshakes and wrestle pets, and you started thinking in sync. Uh, so let's push forward with this momentum. My questions this time are, what's the worst promo you've ever seen? Uh, who do you think would be the best personal trainer? And finally, what is your favorite bad match? Uh, I believe in you guys. Jelly and the Selly will herald a new peach-shaped champion. Stay choppy, lads. LIW444 life. Um, worst promo I've ever seen. I don't know if this really counts as a promo because it was kind of just more of an ad, but like Miz's debut and just messing up everything about what he said. <laughs> I don't know whether that counts, but that's probably up there. But in terms of one that's just like, just a really bad promo, Eli Cottonwood from NXT about a mustache. The mustache pretty promo. bad. I, I had it narrowed down to two. It was either going to be the mustache promo or the genesis of McGillicuddy. Yes, genuinely, that's the two that I had on my mind as well. Man, NXT season two was something else. Sorry, I'm rustling yeah. around. I need to get my headset charger. Ah. Uh, I mean, okay. you, you, you do that. You also had the Caval promo where he said total nonstop action, right? He sure did, again? didn't he? Oh, man. God. Is that what what he had? Was, was season two Lucky Cannon? Or was yeah, that was Lucky season three? Cannon. Yeah. God. Lucky Cannon, what a, the guy what who a didn't stupid know. Stupid name. Stupid name, and he didn't know how to run the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, though, he did have a cool finisher. I don't recall. The only NXT. No, actually, I remember probably more than I should about NXT finishers, just because I'm mm. me. But I do remember yeah. the worst finisher I ever saw was Byron Saxton's NXT finisher. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the so worst. Bad. It's the worst finish I've ever seen. It's awful. Uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a, it was the float over sort of weird DDT neckbreaker, stupid float out weird thing, wasn't it? Oh god, it was so dumb. Um, what was I going to say? Personal trainer, though. Uh, who would be the be best personal trainer? Do you mean out of us, or like as a wrestler? Uh, because... I would imagine he's thinking wrestlers. Okay, because out I... of us, me, because I used to be a personal trainer, probably. Yeah, uh, I would say it's so, not yeah. me. Um, who do you think would be the best personal trainer? Well, I mean, I can narrow it down to like two. I can think of Trish Stratus and DDP. Yeah, yeah. Just the yoga yeah. people, you know? Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, DDP is definitely up there. I mean, he has results that you can see, you know? Yeah, DDP, DDP is a personal trainer. Yeah. Uh... Or do you just mean in the world? Maybe not even wrestlers, just anyone in the world. Who Any do you think person. would be the best personal trainer ever? The Rock. He seems very positive. Yeah. He would yeah. give you a lot of positive reinforcement. Batista. I don't know. Yeah. 
That'd be cool. Um, all right, favorite bad match. We got to move on from this. So favorite bad match. Um, Miz versus Shane McMahon, <laughs> WrestleMania 35. It's a really bad match, but it's so funny. My God, yeah. those bumps that Shane takes are hilarious. Um, oh, it's really tough. I don't typically like bad matches, probably mm. because they're bad. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Like, I feel like you can pick any of those, like those really bad, like WWE, ECW era mm -hmm. matches where the crowd was just like going nuclear of how much they hated it i think that's fun anything that there's like energy involved with i don't want to watch just like a bad match yeah yeah that's true that's totally fair um thank you for email uh we'll do another one or two go on here from jonathan headman that says uh hi guys i thought i'd let you know how awesome you guys are thanks uh also i think and you heard it here first Ooh. Raw and maybe SmackDown is getting new intro music when fans come back. Also, again, you guys rock. Are you where are you pulling that one from, Jonathan? We need we need sources. We need hard evidence, man. But, Sounds like a WrestleBook.com exclusive. How are they going to ask you if you're ready for a good time? Oh my god, don't! I despise that intro music so much. It's a shame because. ACDC is like my second favorite band at this dude, point. Dude, great song. No, got nothing against the song. It's not a wrestling intro song, though, is it? God, it does not fit I, with SmackDown. I stopped caring about wrestling intro music a long time ago. And it makes me sad because I used to really like it. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you had Rise Up on SmackDown and yeah. then like uh, To Be Loved on Raw. And then even Burn It to the Ground, I thought was like, that's a, that's a classic Raw theme song. Yeah. But yeah. everything after that, I could not care less about. I, I know didn't find, like, um, Enemies by Shinedown, I thought was pretty cool. I think it's when they first did the when they first did the brand split in 2016, and that was the theme song for Raw. I think not a clue, um, not a clue whatsoever. And I was watching Raw at the time, mm, but like yeah. none of those songs after that point were memorable at all. Like there was "Tonight Is the Night," and nothing. Yeah. Like I have no connection to it whatsoever. But there yeah. are songs that I wasn't even watching wrestling for. But like across the nation, the Raw song—that's an awesome Raw song. Mm -hmm. Bring me yep. back to those days. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Something about that one. Yeah, because I was a mark and bought into the brand split as like, oh, this is like a big reset for WWE. Things are going to change here. This is going to be a big deal, right? And they changed the, the theme music and everything. And I think the thing that sold it to me was the new theme music. And on the intro video package, the last person to be shown had always been Cena for years and years and years and years. It was always Cena was the final shot of the thing. And they changed it to Sasha Banks. And I was like, oh, change! Oh my god! Yeah, uh, so I was like, I I bought into it, and I was like, this is a new WWE, and this is going to be great. It wasn't; it was the same. But you know, I thought it was cool for a bit. That's why I probably <laughs> like the theme song a bit more. Uh, we'll do one more quick one here. Uh, we've got an email from Evan. It says, uh, "Hello, Pete and Tempest. Here are my girls talking about dogs. Here are my girls. Uh, Rody is a boxer slash pitbull mix, and Peanut." is a miniature sausage dog. All right. Oh. Let's share so Tempest can see. 
Oh my god! It's wrapped up like a burrito. Oh, it's in a massive blanket. Who's a good girl? I was going to say boy, but they're all good girls. <laughs> oh, oh man, God, that's adorable. No, oh, very cute, very cute. I need like I need a picture of them next to each other. I know. Judge, judge <laughs> size. It's just, it's just, it's just having a good time. Yeah. They're just they're just chilling. No, oh, there it there is. There you go. That's a bit There's better. The side by side you've been looking for. Oh, what handsome girls! I know. Oh, they're both Aww. hanging out the window of the car. That's adorable. Uh, I think there's one more. Ah, I wish to just, be that relaxed. Just vibing on the bed. Oh my god. Uh thank you. Wonderful. For the emails. Appreciate it. Please do continue sending us emails uh with dogs and all sorts of stuff. And send me emails about critical role. I will read them. Not on the podcast, but I will read them. Um just not stuff about campaign one. Haven't watched campaign one yet. I'm about fifty episodes into campaign one, so about sixty-five to go. Uh but I watched all of campaign two. Apart from the end of the final episode. Anyway, we got to go because we've got to do some other stuff now. Uh, we've got In Your House. Well, we're going to, be, going to be doing a review of Takeover In Your House on Monday. Uh, so we'll have an extra podcast for you guys coming in your feeds, uh, which will be uh, the Intangibles reuniting, of course, for that as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thank you very much for listening. We love you very much. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Goodbye. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 